You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. I cannot believe that we are at the end of January. It feels like just a few days ago that it was New Year's and I was recording the New Year's podcast episode, and here we are heading into February. I hope you're all hanging in there this winter weather and the lack of sunshine, or at least where I am in Toronto, there has been like zero sunshine lately, so we're struggling over here, and if you live in a warm climate, send some of it my way. I am very excited for the episode today because this is a topic I talk about constantly with my clients and I get asked about it all the time on my Instagram, which is how to stop using food for comfort. And this is something that we discuss a lot inside my one-on-one coaching program and inside my group coaching program, Food Freedom University, because I know a lot of people struggle with it. So today I want to cover emotional eating, discuss some techniques, some strategies, some different coping skills that we can begin to use so that you're not always using food to numb out and to comfort you. But first I do want to talk about what emotional eating is and why it's not always a bad thing and why we want to stop demonizing it. So I remember when I was deep in my struggles with food and my entire world revolved around food and eating. I was constantly thinking about food, looking forward to the next meal, and counting down the minutes basically until I could eat again. Food was everything to me. I wanted to use food as a way of reward and celebration, and I wanted to do it in large amounts. It was never, I was never able to do it peacefully or with flow and ease. And as soon as I was off schedule and, you know, visiting my friend or at my parents or traveling or whatever, it would immediately be this screw it mentality and the thought of I'm going to eat everything in sight. And then I would start to feel that guilt and that shame and that deep, deep seated fear of, oh my gosh, what am I doing to myself? What's going to happen to my body? How much weight am I going to gain? But then I would also use food to comfort myself about all of this. When I felt any emotion on the negative end of the emotional spectrum, whether that was anxiety or overwhelm or stress, I would use food to numb out. Or when I was feeling sad or lonely or insecure, food was just this perfect source of comfort to me at that time in my life. And so it didn't matter what emotion I was experiencing, I wanted to feel it with food. I wanted to cope with that emotion or celebrate with that emotion, whatever it was, with food. Some of you might be in that place where you're only turning to food when you're feeling stress and anxiety or some sort of negative emotion. Some of you might be using food when you're in a good place and experiencing a positive emotion, like when you're traveling, for example, you want to celebrate that with food. Some of you might feel like it doesn't matter what emotion, you want to experience it with food. So we're going to talk about, again, techniques and strategies and start developing some of those that we're not always turning to food as a source of comfort. But the thing I want to preface this whole episode with is it's not inherently a bad thing to emotionally eat. Is it the most supportive if you're constantly using food to numb out and check out of reality? No, not necessarily, but it's not always a bad thing to emotionally eat. Food is a valid coping tool and sometimes it's the only tool that you have available to you. So in those moments where you really need something, food is there. Food does help. When there's nothing else, it helps to calm and soothe you. So something like this that allows you to just be okay is not a bad thing. 
we don't want to demonize it because again, it does help. Does always using food and constantly having it as your go-to come with collateral damage, like the guilt and shame you feel afterwards? Yes, it does. But it's not inherently a bad thing. It's a valid tool and one that does not need to be eliminated completely from your toolbox. In fact, it's one I don't want you to even think that you have to eliminate from your toolbox of coping skills because that's not realistic and that's not helpful. And that's the point I really want to drive home. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that people make in their intuitive eating journey is they learn about honoring your hunger and eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full, but they start to make that into another set of rules. And it's not a rule. When you start to make rules out of the principles of intuitive eating, you're going straight back to diet culture. And diet culture creates internal pressure that causes us to eventually binge or overeat or eat emotionally. So let's not create excess pressure. For example, when you go to eat and you're not really that hungry, but it's maybe your friend's birthday or you're just going out to eat and you're really not that hungry, but the appetizer comes out and it smells so good, or you've already eaten a meal and somebody orders dessert and they offer you some, but you're not physically hungry, do not feel guilt for enjoying it. This is life. It's meant to be enjoyed. And when you stop feeling guilt, you stop contributing to the internal pressure that causes you to binge and overeat anyways. So enjoy it. Learn how to honor your cravings and understand that this drive to eat constantly begins to fade as you let out this internal pressure by not judging your choices with food by giving yourself permission to eat and releasing the rules. When it comes to coping skills, it isn't a good thing to check out of life and use any type of substance to numb ourselves. But food is not just fuel. We get this idea really drilled into our head from diet culture that food is only fuel. Food is just nutrients. We should only eat when we're biologically or physically hungry, and we should feel guilt anytime that we're eating when we're not physically or biologically hungry. And this idea is just absolutely ridiculous because food is celebratory, like your friend's birthday when there's dessert ordered, for example. Food is culture. Food is community. It brings people together. It's something that we do when we're connecting with our loved ones, with our friends and our family, and we're going out and celebrating. Food is nostalgia. Food is creativity. Food is not just about satisfying our physical hunger. And if we can learn how to satisfy not only our physical hunger, but our mental hunger, our emotional hunger, our cravings, and do so without fear, in balance with everything else, it's a really beautiful thing. And that becomes easier and easier as we untangle the wires in our brain that get so crossed. When we get into these cycles of guilt and shame and then binging and overeating and then restricting, those cycles are life draining. They're exhausting. And I know what it's like to be stuck right in the middle of them and feel like there's no way out. I remember that me trying to get out of using food for comfort was about me trying to be stronger and develop more willpower. And it was about me trying to create a better game plan for my diet or my workout routine or whatever it was. And that effort and striving and trying harder and harder, it only left me more exhausted until the point that I would snap and I would end up binging and overeating and emotionally eating to cope with the guilt and the shame that I felt from binging. And these cycles were just so so frustrating. So if you're in them, or if you've ever experienced them, I feel you, I hear you, I see you, it sucks. And I know that it sucks. 
And I know that some of you who are listening to this podcast and you're hearing me talk about food freedom or you're listening to some of my clients share their stories of overcoming this and it'll it feels like it'll never happen for you. It feels like you're almost this outlier. You're the one that just it's not going to work for. And it's okay. I also understand this feeling that doubt and the disbelief and the feeling like your self-confidence and your belief in yourself has completely just gone away because you've continuously made promises to yourself that you haven't kept. And that is defeating and disheartening. I know what that's like, but, and this is really important. I also want you to know that the way you've been pursuing trying to find balance is not the key. It's not working for you because it isn't helping you work in sync with your brain and with your body. It isn't helping you retrain those neural pathways that are causing you to be sucked into these cycles. It's the plans, it's the diets, it's the diet mentality that you're stuck in. They're all based on every single one of them. How can I be stronger? How can I develop more discipline and more willpower? But again, in reality, discipline and willpower are finite resources and we should only rely on discipline and willpower in very intense short-term situations. They shouldn't be something that we're depending on on a day-to-day basis for our entire lives. Instead, we need to learn the techniques and the processes to retrain our brains and those habit loops so our relationship with food can be easy. It can be peaceful. It can be natural. It doesn't have to be clouded and covered in so much anxiety and so much obsession and so much white knuckling because our bodies are these incredible machines. They are very, very smart. They're smarter than us and they know what they want. And we can start listening to the body and learning how to honor it by retraining what's going on in the brain. If you don't retrain these habit pathways in the brain and learn the mental techniques and tools to do this, it will feel like you are white knuckling your way to balance your relationship with food. And that feels awful and that's not gonna last or be sustainable for that matter. So when we don't work on retraining our brain, That is how it will feel like to maintain balance with food. It's going to feel like white knuckling. But when we retrain those habit pathways in our brain that are actually causing us to feel this impulse to emotionally eat or overeat, you end up not actually feeling the urge to numb out or cope with your emotions. So it's a beautiful thing to learn the skills and the techniques. And again, I know that there's some of you listening that are really struggling to believe that this is even possible and that's okay. I want to meet you where you're at and I hope that you will also practice honoring where you're at and continue to work to open your heart and your mind to the possibility that freedom is for you because it really is. So let's talk about how do you stop using food to cope with emotions? How do you stop using food to numb out? Well, the process of retraining your brain, you have to unlearn a lot of the habits and a lot of the patterns that you've gotten sucked into because the struggle with food is not just about the food. And again, I remember when I was told this, when I was going through my own struggles with food, I I just wanted to completely disregard the people that told me this because it was like, okay, I understand that I have other things going on in my life, but it is about the food. I'm craving the food. I'm thinking about the food. All I want to do is eat the food and I want to eat lots of it and I want to do it mindlessly and I don't want to feel guilty about it. And so when I say it's more than just the food, I know that can be very frustrating to hear. So I acknowledge that. But the reality is, it's not just about the food. Because what drives us, what drives our mind and our bodies to want to use food to cope and to numb out is many factors. Our thoughts, the stories that are floating around in our heads, they're all contributing to the way that we feel. And the way that we feel contributes to our behaviors, the things that we do and want to do. 
So we have to look at the series of events that happen to get us to a behavior. So before we engage in the behavior or of emotionally eating or grabbing food to numb out, before that, we feel an emotion. Before we feel an emotion, we have a thought, some type of thought that you might not even be consciously aware of. And before you even have that thought, what comes before that thought is a belief. True behavior change is when you begin to change your beliefs because that's the core of our behaviors. So when we look at this and say, okay, I believe that eating the whole bag of mini eggs is going to help me feel satisfied, then that's going to trigger a thought in the brain. And we're not always consciously aware of these things. They're kind of just happening beneath the surface. They're happening beneath our conscious level of awareness. But we have this belief because before we've eaten a bunch of chocolate or a bunch of whatever it is, and we have been able to numb it. We've been able to distract ourselves from feeling whatever emotion it is that we don't want to feel. It's given us temporary feelings of relief and of satisfaction. And so that belief, it's been backed up by evidence. So we have this belief, it triggers a thought, and then it triggers this emotion, which is maybe a craving, a desire, this feeling of just, you know, wanting the chocolate. And then we act on that feeling. And when we act on it, we feel the guilt right after we use the food. And so when we understand this, we at least have this perspective of, okay, It's not just about the food. There's other things going on beneath the surface. Knowing is powerful, but I say this with my clients. You can learn a lot of things. I can educate you on a lot of things, but that's not what's going to actually change your day to day and change your life because it's not the knowledge of, okay, I know it's not about the food. I have these self-sabotaging beliefs and thought patterns, emotional patterns that are triggering my behavior patterns. It's not just about knowing that that's going to change your behavior and that can be kind of frustrating. And this is a very common frustration that you will go through in your journey to food freedom is you will learn the science, you'll learn all the whys behind why you're doing what you're doing. And then you'll catch yourself sometimes continuing to engage in these self-sabotaging behaviors, despite knowing exactly where they come from. So it's not the knowledge that's the power, it's the integration, the implementation of techniques and the tools that will take your knowledge to a level of change that is impactful. And this is why it's so incredibly important that in your food freedom journey, you are supported and you are held accountable to integrating and implementing the techniques and the tools that you're learning, because that's what truly changes your life. But first you have to understand the knowledge. You have to understand the techniques and then you have to start integrating them. So when it comes to learning how to integrate techniques and tools that are going to help you stop using food for comfort, you have to understand that you are a human being that needs comfort. It's not just about not using food for comfort. It's learning, how do I honor the fact that I am a human being? I'm not a robot. I need comfort. I need to be able to find relief. I need to be able to check out of the anxiety when it's too much. I need to be able to celebrate and have tools for doing that that aren't self-sabotaging. So we need to learn how to develop other ways to meet our needs and other ways to comfort ourselves that aren't going to have this backlash effect of us feeling guilt and shame and fear. And in that process of learning different coping strategies, there's going to be a messy in-between part where all you want to do is use food. And yet you're trying to find other ways that quickly satisfy you as much as food satisfies you. And that's what's really important to understand. We have to find coping strategies that are quick, that are effective, and that are just as satisfying as using food. It might not look like your traditional soaking in a hot bath. It's how do we create a pattern interrupt for your brain when that habit pathway is firing that's causing you to feel the impulse to emotionally eat? 
How do we create enough of a pattern interrupt that we weaken that habit pathway? Because what you have to understand about your brain is when you're feeling something, there are pathways firing. So say you're feeling this impulse to use food to numb out because you're feeling a lot of anxiety. And that emotion that's coming up for you is this urge, the impulse to go and grab food, even though you're not physically or biologically hungry, you're feeling this impulse. And your normal response is to immediately go grab the food and numb out to quiet that anxiety. And what's happening inside the brain, it's like this chain reaction. Feel anxiety, send this impulse to grab food, and then you go grab food and you feel relief for maybe a moment temporarily, but then the guilt and the shame come in all of it. That chain reaction is a pattern in the brain. And every time you engage in that pattern or a similar pattern, that neural pathway in the brain is strengthened. So in order to begin weakening those habit pathways in the brain, we have to start creating pattern interrupts. So perhaps that is your natural automatic tendency to feel anxiety, a craving or an urge to go grab some chocolates or sweets or chips or whatever, to eat that food, feel relief. That's the pattern. We need to start having a level of awareness where it's like, okay, I'm feeling the anxiety. I'm feeling this urge to go do this thing with food but how can I create enough of an interrupt in that pattern that I effectively begin weakening that neural pathway so it no longer sends me that feeling and that impulse, that urge to go grab the food. There are some different ways that we can do that. And one of them is to just distract ourselves for a moment. And I want you to practice this, but I don't want you to do it with the intention of, I'm not gonna go use food to emotionally eat or comfort myself. I'm not allowed to do this. Because when we tell ourselves that we can't go do something with food, what happens? Obviously, we want to go do it 10 times more. So instead, I want you to recognize that even pausing for five to 10 minutes helps to weaken that neural pathway that's been wired into the brain. Because right now, if it's feel the emotion and the urge to emotionally eat, do the thing, and then it's just boom, 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 that neural pathway is wired. It's just getting stronger and deeper in the brain. So if you can create some time and some distance and some space between actually acting on the urge and that impulse, you will effectively begin to weaken that pathway. And if you do it enough times, it gets weaker and weaker. It's almost like this backdoor approach that we have to take to rewire our brains. And it's learning how to meet our needs by feeding ourselves when we're physically hungry and also honoring cravings when we feel them. And we don't have to honor all of our cravings. Part of this is also learning how to decipher which cravings to honor and which cravings to move past. But it's really so that we're not always using food to numb or cope. It's about creating time, space, and distance from when we feel that urge and that impulse and when we act on it. So let's talk about a little bit of a homework assignment to begin practicing how to not use food to cope with emotions all the time. The first thing I want you to do is to grab a journal or a piece of paper and jot down all of the things that you can think of that you can do that are quick, that are easy, that are effective, that will help distract you and create time and space and distance between when you feel the urge or the impulse to overeat or eat emotionally. Something that you can do before you decide to eat. And it's not promising yourself that you're not going to eat because that's just not going to work. That will backfire. What I want you to do is I just want you to start by writing down all of your ideas. So for example, if it were me right now, some of the things that are easy and quick and very satisfying that will distract me are looking at Facebook marketplace for home stuff or plants or wedding items that I'm needing. So I'll give myself five minutes to open up my phone and just scroll through and look at what's new. It's quick, it's easy, it's effective, 
And it's it's actually right there. You know, that five minutes of scrolling, it's an act of self-care. Our idea of self-care is so messed up that we think it's just face masks and bubble baths. But sometimes it's saying, I need a break from work because I'm stressed and I'm overwhelmed and I just need to bring myself back down. And I need to look at Facebook Marketplace for five minutes and just get excited about finding a piece of furniture that my home is really needing or a deal on a wedding decor item that I've really been looking for. That is an act of self-care. For some of you, it might mean you get home from a long day's work and the first thing that you want to do before the kids get home or before your husband or your partner or your roommates get home is you want to go crazy on the pantry. And instead, what's something that's quick easy and effective in that moment to satisfy your soul's desire for relief. What's something quick and easy and very satisfying that you could do to give your soul some relief? Maybe for some of you, it's turning on your favorite TV show and watching 15 minutes of it. For some of you, it might mean you're into a really good book and it's 10 minutes inside that good book. For some of you, it might mean looking at your favorite meme page on Instagram that just makes you laugh for five minutes. It's just a pattern interrupt in the brain. For some of you, it might mean, okay, I'm really feeling this urge to impulse eat and emotionally numb out, but before I go get the food, I'm just gonna take my dog out for five minutes. And when I come back in, if I'm still desiring that, no problem. I'm going to have some food. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna eat and I'm going to be present with it and enjoy it. But we want to create that pattern interrupt so the brain isn't so used to feeling the emotion and feeling the urge to act on the urge. Does that make sense? So this isn't going to necessarily keep you from eating emotionally if you only do it once. But by practicing this one time, it's going to start the process of retraining your brain, which needs a bunch of other tools as well. But this is one part of the process that I would really encourage you to begin practicing by just creating a pattern interrupt and reminding yourself that you can do it because you can. And in fact, let's actually just use this example of walking the dog. So for example, I'm feeling this urge. So I'm going to go on a five minute walk with my dog. And when I come back, if I'm still feeling it, I will gladly go and prepare myself some food, even if I'm not physically or biologically hungry. And this is what I tell my clients. When you go and grab some food and you want to eat emotionally or whatever it is, let's build a plate. Let's let's use that build a plate strategy. And this is how that goes. We don't just grab food directly out of the bag, directly out of the fridge, directly out of the pantry. We get whatever we want. And we don't take a single bite of it until we have all the food on our plate when we built that plate. So you get everything that you're craving, you put it on a plate, and then you put all of the chips back, whatever it is back in the fridge, put it all back in the pantry. And then you walk out of the kitchen, you sit at the table ideally with no distractions, and you eat everything that you want that's on your plate. And while you do this, I want you to practice engaging your five senses. And what I mean by that is when you're sitting there and eating, I want you to look at the food and I want you to think, okay, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What's the texture? What does it feel like? What sounds am I hearing right now? I want you to think about this as you're eating it. And I want you, instead of feeling guilt and disappointment because you're sitting there eating, quote unquote, emotionally, instead, I want you to sink into the deepest level of satisfaction and pleasure. As in, these Doritos are so good, or this Reese's cup is just so amazing. When I was doing the build the plate strategy, going through my own challenges with food, I would have the most random things on my plate because I just needed sweet, I needed salty, I needed crunchy, I needed soft, I needed hot and cold. 
this is what satisfied me. It was just a smorgasbord of random things. And so I don't care if it doesn't look normal, what's on your plate. It can be the most random things. But I want you to sit there again, ideally with no distractions, and check in with your five senses and feel what it feels like to be deeply satisfied. When that guilt is trying to rise up in you, I want you to go back into deep pleasure mode by thinking, oh, this tastes so good. This smells so good. Oh my gosh, these chips or this chocolate or whatever it is that you're eating. I want you to sink into pleasure and remind yourself of the permission that you have to eat that food. The reason I want you to do that instead of feeling the guilt is because our body and our brains are hardwired to move us towards pleasure and away from pain. And so many of us are afraid to actually allow ourselves to feel pleasure when we eat because we think it's going to make us keep eating more and more and more. But the reality is, if you're eating and you feel full, but your brain doesn't register that you're satisfied, you will continue to crave more and more because you need to feel satisfied. Your brain needs to feel satisfied. To pull on this, have you ever had an experience where you've eaten and you're definitely physically full, but you're not satisfied, so you keep wanting to go for more? I want you to sink into that deep and focused pleasure. Every time you eat, try and sink into it. When that guilt the fear, the shame rises up, say, I am going to enjoy the crap out of this. And I mean it, enjoy it and watch how you stop judging yourself for what you eat. And you sink into this deep pleasure, this deep satisfaction, and you're present and you're focused and you tap into your five senses. Watch how it starts over time to weaken the cravings, to weaken the impulse and the urge. It's amazing how this process works, but it is a process and you need tools and you need support. But This is your first homework assignment to tackle emotionally eating. Understand that you need a coping strategy. So write those things down, those ideas that you will have for for when you're feeling this urge that you can at least use to create a pattern interrupt by doing something first. Maybe you won't even want to go to eating after you get back from walking the dog or scrolling on Facebook Marketplace for five minutes or whatever it is, but you also might and that's okay. And if you do the build a plate strategy, don't eat directly out of the box or the bag or the fridge, get out a plate, put whatever thing you want to eat on that plate and put everything back in the fridge, back in the cupboard and get out of the kitchen before you take your first bite, sit down at the table and be present and eat that food. So this is just one of the techniques that I teach my clients in my coaching program. And I want to teach and share as much with you as I possibly can. So if you're looking for a place to start working on this more deeply, my one-on-one coaching program is absolutely incredible and I'm currently accepting new clients. So to schedule a call and see if the program is the right fit for you, you can go to www.brittanyallisonrd.com coaching and read all about what's included and click the book now button to schedule a free no pressure call with me right now. So I hope this podcast episode was helpful. If you found any part of it helpful, I would be so appreciative if you would review the podcast because this is how I get found out there in podcast land. It's when you rate and review the podcast. This helps us get ranked in podcast world and it means so, so much when you tag me and when you take a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to or you just tag me on social media. I always see it and it means so much to me. So thank you for being a part of this journey with me. I appreciate you. I see you and I cannot wait for the next episode. I will catch you there. Bye for now.